do we want to live that way? Is that how we want to be processing our decisions? Or do we want to be living in alignment with doing things that we really enjoy? Welcome to Personal to Profitable. Hey, I'm Rannon, personal brand mentor and photographer. Real stories of entrepreneurship and motherhood, strategies for turning passion into profit, plus encouragement for pursuing the and that's on your heart are all topics you can expect here. Because we aren't just moms, we're multi-passionate women who have presence with purpose. Today on the podcast, I get to spend time with Jessica Roberts, who is a human design expert. She owns I Am Designed for More. And she utilizes her knowledge and experience with human design to really help individuals understand their own energetic blueprint and how to utilize their energy in all aspects of their life. Specifically in this podcast, I had her bring out the general aspects of human design as an intro if you've never been familiarized with it before. Um, But also she pulls up my chart as as an example and a reference point for different peak aspects that I think are really helpful, especially for entrepreneurs, um, to refer to when they are making those big decisions in business and in their lifestyle. She is just a wealth of knowledge. So Jessica, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. So I, um, I've been in human design now for a couple of years and I'm really excited and looking forward to just talking about human design, what it is and really for those entrepreneurs uh, that are listening to it, how this is such a great tool and just a different avenue to look at obstacles and struggles that you may be having in a different light that tends to really connect to people. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I love that. I have done a couple different um, like personal development things. I, you know, I've done like the Enneagram and we've talked about that with other people, which I think is really interesting. I've actually gotten a astrology reading done before, which I thought was really fun. Um, And then when I started diving into human design and realized that a lot of those aspects kind of all pull into this too, which makes total sense. Mm -hmm. Um, my mind just kind of like got blown and it was like, oh my goodness, this all makes so much sense and how helpful for people. So that being said, I know it'll be really hard to kind of boil it down, but can you kind of give us a little description? What's your kind of go-to to describe what is human design for someone who might be really unfamiliar? Yeah. Like the simplest, uh, like a phrase and statement I can give is like, it is your own energetic blueprint. That is what human design gives you. Um, Now, it it comprises of five different kind of ancient modalities and wisdoms, and it all comes together to show you your human design chart, or you may have also heard of like my body graph, same things, Um, but it's your energetic blueprint. It is how you are designed to interact with the world, how the world is designed to interact with you from that energetic standpoint. So there's manifestors. Uh, then there's generators, and then there's a manifesting generator, projectors, and reflectors. Very cool. Can you kind of give a little bit of a description of each of those main energy types that you kind of listed? Just kind of the general, what would someone potentially relate to? Yeah. Yeah. So you and I were both generators, um, and that's the, the biggest percentage. Um, you know, I think it's about like 
35 to 37% of the population are gonna be a generator. Um, and generators, um, we have, we all have a defined sacral, which is one of the centers, one of the nine centers. Um, and that's really like life force energy. Like we, we are like the doers in society in the best possible way. Like some people will say like generators are the worker bees. And when I first heard that, I actually was like, oh yeah, 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 that, that's me. Like, I didn't even think it was bad, but other people were like, oh, worker bee, what? But yeah, no, I'm, I'm here to do things. I'm here to help. I'm here to contribute. I, I, I have that energy. So the sacral is all about life force energy. It's within you. It's reliable and sustainable within you um, as a generator. Then there are also manifestors. Um, and that's only about 10%, eight to 10% of the population. So it's a smaller group. Um, and manifestors are here to initiate and inform. Like they are here to do life their way, um, can kind of not be bothered by other people at times because like, no, I'm gonna do this. You can tell me otherwise, but I'm gonna do it. Um, and there's lots of things with manifestors that can really support them in living in this kind of a world. One, there's not a lot of them. And two, our society is more of a generator-based society. You know, we are more do, 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 be productive. And so when you're not, when you don't have that defined sacral, like a manifestor doesn't, um, there's different ways that they need to operate in the world. So overall, though, manifestors are the initiators. They also need to inform what they're going to be initiating. Um, and then uh, the third energy type are manifesting generators. So it's kind of a hybrid of a generator and a manifester, but definitely their own distinct energy. So how it, it's a hybrid is they, they can initiate. They, they can have that initiation type energy, but they also have a defined sacral. So they are the doers, but they do things in their own way. Um, and they often are individuals that really are here to show us how to do life differently, that we are nonlinear beings, um, often manifesting generators will have multiple career paths, very, very common to have second or third careers, uh, they can be multi-passionate, and um, that can kind of be frowned upon in our society, like, oh, you're changing again, or like, you're not sticking with this, but manifesting generators aren't meant to. Um, so that's kind of the different energy there with those three energy types. Um, and then the last two, uh, a projector, and that's only about 20% of the population. Um, now projector are uh, like the lighthouse, the, the guiding light. They are wise, but they really need to be um, invited to share their wisdom and also recognized for their wisdom and their gifts. They have very unique insights. Um, they're also, they do not have a defined sacral. So they are actually here to just to be, to just be and observe. They're not here to do. Um, so again, there can be uh, some challenges there for projectors. They can often feel like they need to be doing things because they're around all these generator energies and auras. Um, but projectors, I hold such a dear spot in my heart for them. I have many in my life that I adore and their wisdom and insight is 
so unique um, that it can be lovely, whether you are a projector or somebody in your life is, um, they're definitely people to lean on for advice and their wisdom. Um, and, you know, each type, each individual is going to have their own skills, right? Their own kind of area of genius where it's really heightened. So as you can pair those things up, it just becomes easier and easier to live in your own energy. Mm-hmm. Um, then the fifth type, the last type are reflectors. That's only 1% of the population. So I've never personally met a reflector. I've heard reflectors on podcasts before, but that's as close as I've gotten to one. Um, and reflectors are, they're completely open. So all the centers, the nine centers, there's no definition. It's all open. So they can take like everything in and really reflectors are here to reflect, like to reflect um, the environment they're in, the people they're with, their community, humanity. Um, They also have very unique insights and um, really just a different way of living, Um, but it is only 1% of the population. So it's pretty rare to be a reflector or to know one. Something I think is kind of worth pointing out here too, keeping all of that in mind, there can be a generator and correct me if I'm wrong, of course, from what I understand, there can be a generator. And let's say my best friend sitting next to me is also a generator, but we're clearly very different people. Yes. So that is common, obviously, because there's a vast amount of different people. And there's so many things in the chart that kind of dictate different aspects. That being said, can you kind of highlight the main aspect that you typically point out for people, you know, during a chart reading? Like what would be like your go-to top, you know, eight? Sure, sure. Yeah. So definitely starting out, I'll always start with the energy type, which we just went over those five types. So the energy type, then their strategy and authority. Like those are like the top three um, that I really like to hone in on. Um, but then other aspects of the chart, definitely I love looking at people's profile. So that's the one that has like two numbers with it. Um, and that I actually think profile for entrepreneurs can be once you've gone kind of through and know your type strategy and authority, digging into your profile can be so useful because profile is an aspect of human design where it's like, it's more specific of how you operate in the world and how the world sees you, how you see yourself. And so it's like an added tool to check in with when things are kind of off and you want to dig in a little deeper, investigating your profile can be a really fun way to do that. Um, So yeah, type strategy, authority, profile. I mean, I love looking at um, people's centers. Again, there's nine of them. So what is defined, what is consistent for that person versus what is not, what is undefined. Um, And the nice part with the undefined areas is that's where you can get into like the real juicy stuff for like conditioning, patterning, behaviors, barriers, blocks. That's that's where a lot um, can come up with centers that are open. And if you're looking at a human design chart, they're gonna be white. The, the shapes are sure. gonna be white. Those are open or undefined centers. Okay. If you, anyone listening out there has never looked at a human design chart, <laughs> I highly recommend pulling it up. It'll just blow your mind. You'll never be able to read it on your yes. own. Um, yes. But it's obviously takes somewhat experience that knows what to look for. 
can I put you on the spot and ask you, let's dive into like maybe my profile as an example to kind of give, would that be okay? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm pretty sure that my profile is a six, two. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, to give a little background for that there, the options for a profile. So you do have two numbers and then the number options are one through six for both. So it can be one through six on either one of them. Um, and they're, they're taken from certain aspects of the chart. Um, and with that, with your profile, so for you specifically being a six two, uh, the terms that are given to those numbers is the six is the role model and the two is the hermit or gifted child. Um, so for you specifically, the six two, so it is likely having that six line as your first number, um, you may connect with that type of energy more than you would with the two with that second number. And that's because it's more conscious that six line, whatever your first number is in your profile and your second um, number in your profile is more unconscious. So it's likely people may see that second number in you more than you see in yourself. Um, So that six to the role model hermit, this is really a combination for the profile of you are here to really authentically be yourself with the caveat of being yourself and living your true gifts, like really highlighting those, serving in those, sharing those, because this two line, the hermit and gifted child, like you innately have natural gifts. That could range from, I mean, literally anything, but it could be something as, um, you have a natural gift of nurturing, of communication. Um, it could be a specific skill set, um, even something specifically with organization or problem solving, any and all things for a natural gift. Um, usually people default to like business and work. Okay, like what am I good at? Is that my gift? But I really encourage people with having that, that second line profile to think broader, to think throughout life, to ask those who raised you, friends you may have had for decades, like, what am I good at? Or what do you think I'm a natural at? Or, you know, like it can be kind of uncomfortable to ask that question, but it's likely those people who have seen you and grown with you, oh, they'll they'll think of a couple of things right off the top of their head. Like, oh, you're so good at this and this and this. And then you'll start to hear that more and be like, oh, okay, I can sit with that a bit and see what does that actually mean for me? Um, So that's something whenever I see a two line, I'm always like, oh, what are your passions? What do you enjoy doing? Like, let's highlight this stuff. Like, let's find these natural gifts for you. Um, But I will also say with the two line, it is also called the hermit. So it needs time alone. It really like, and when I say time alone, I mean, physically nobody's in your space. I can totally relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes. Yes. Cause that's the only way those gifts are going to be like recharged that you will be able to, you know, you're out in the world doing your thing, but you need to be able to come back to yourself to say, okay, what's mine? What is my truth? Where am I at, you know, and like 
helping to guide those gifts and getting more and more aligned with that. Whereas if you're always out in the world, you're never going to have a second to actually reflect and to hone in on those true natural gifts that you have. But it takes more than just downtime. It takes alone separation and it doesn't have to be, you know, a week on end, you know, it it can be very realistic to whatever, you know, someone's schedules is, but whenever I see a, a two line, I really, really like to emphasize that physically alone is going to do wonders for you. Yeah, I can totally relate to that hundred percent. It's always kind of been that, um, introverted, extroverted kind of pull. Like I can be extroverted around the right people, but then at the end of the day, like I've got to go, you know, I got to go home (laughs) and I have to like be alone in the bathroom, but just standing Mm -hmm. there, you know, Mm -hmm. by myself, you know, especially after having kids, just like that instant, um, overwhelm with the constant, you know, sensations and just everything coming at you. So yeah, I totally can see that. Yeah. And can I highlight something else in your chart sure. with something you said? So um, one of yours, and I'll have to look at the, so um, a, a channel you have, which I can talk about that in more detail, if you like, um, is called the 5539. It's the channel of emoting and it's kind of towards the bottom of your chart. So the very, the square at the bottom, it connects um, to the right, which is your emotional solar plexus. It connects those two centers. Um And what you just said about like that introvert extrovert, I think of that a lot with this channel and this energy, because it is very much one, since it connects to your emotional center, um, we always, there's some sort of emotion connected to it. So this is one where knowing when you need to be alone and honoring that, and then also knowing when you need to be social and out and honoring that really steadies your emotions and your energy. And you likely can think of probably a hundred different times when you wanted to be alone or you pushed it being social and you're like, well, that didn't go so well. I burned out or, you know, I had an argument here or that conversation didn't go well because I didn't want to be there. But when you really honor that alone and that social, especially with having this channel, it's very nourishing for you. Yeah. It's actually really interesting. I was just in like a therapy session yesterday and this kind of came up and it was, we talked a lot about like that loyalty, having, making sure you have that loyalty to yourself before Mm -hmm. you're having that loyalty to everyone else, which is kind of something that has been a life theme for me Um, and struggling with putting myself, you know, in that spot. And that totally makes sense. Like I, you know, you say yes to all of these different scenarios, but eventually it does, you know, deplete you. And yeah. it's yes. very true for me. And I, it does affect my emotions more than I realized, mm. but I did want to share this. Actually, I think it would be really interesting if anybody else might be struggling with it. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I was an emotional person until probably two years ago when I like slowed down with the amount of stress and work that I was doing yeah. and kind of constantly using that as a way to not deal with emotion. Mm -hmm. Then I had babies. Then I had this, you know, downtime as I transfer careers and make this switch into entrepreneurship. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, I have emotions and it's in my chart. It is. It is in your chart. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I would have 
literally continued living my life with like just suppressing that and maybe it being like a condition that I was maybe brought up with or absolutely so it's just really eye-opening and I totally encourage anyone who's listening to dive deeper into this so that you can start living in alignment and get that sense of freedom and Mm -hmm. relief almost like oh it's I'm not going crazy, you know? (laughs) Right. Right. And hopefully through this kind of journey that you've been on for your emotions, you're realizing it's okay to feel whatever that feeling is. Cause once I do, then there's been processing and healing and it's, I'm not attached to it. Like I didn't realize I was before. I think that's a big thing, especially with women I've been working with as we start to talk about emotions, the release when they can start to feel it, it's like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Okay. Okay. I can, I can keep doing this. I like how this is feeling. I mean, there's obviously can be uncomfortable parts throughout kind of making those connections, but uh, that's just so wonderful that you've been doing that work and seeing, seeing that change for yourself. Yeah. It's really interesting. And it's something I'm really passionate about making sure that anyone I come into contact with, especially in a professional setting, but of Mm -hmm. course in a personal setting as well, that they take it into consideration because I just think it can be such a game changer. All of the things, you know, not just the emotion part, but just all of it, you know, Mm -hmm. um, kind of as a, not necessarily a pivot because it kind of relates, but I know there's one category and I've always referenced it as the not self, um, aspect. So what you're experiencing when you're not in alignment with your chart, maybe, um, I would love to talk about that specifically because I think sometimes I think, especially as entrepreneurs and as women, Mm -hmm. we kind of do things that we think we should do instead of like, really doing the things we should do. Does that make sense? (laughs) Um, so mine is my initial feeling when I'm not in alignment is frustration. Mm -hmm. Um, what are the like other examples of feelings for that not self? And can you kind of describe that? Yeah. So not self will be connected to your energy type. So depending on what energy type you have, you'll have a specific not self theme. Um, you also will have, um, in human design, it's called a signature and that's like when you're on track, like when things are feeling real good. Um, so you have both. So the not self is, I like to just phrase it like when things are off track, when your okay. energy is, is not in alignment when, and it's one of those things like, oh yeah, that's, I, I can feel that. I know when that happens. So for generators, frustration is that feeling. And the frustration can come in a lot of different forms too, um, especially for generators. But uh, as I'll, I'll go over each one and it can be kind of a litmus test. If you don't know your human design, you're like, oh, oh yes. Oh, I get angry. Well, you're likely a manifester is anger and a manifesting generator. It can be anger and frustration. Um, so again, they kind of like hybrid, both of those, a projectors is bitterness, uh, and bitterness and like, mm, like resentment as well. Like just that, that flavor of bitterness. Um, and then ref, uh, reflectors is disappointment. So those are each of the feelings for each of the types. Um, sure. And yeah, it, it can really be eye-opening and it gives you, again, just a little bit of space to go, ah, what's going on here? Instead of being in a reactionary mode, when you can start to identify, again, for both of us being generators and our not self being frustration, 
when we can feel that frustration, oh, hmm, okay, there's something here. I'm, I'm paying attention instead of just escalating that frustration more and more. Yeah. Um, yeah. That once you start to do that a few times, it gets easier and easier. But I also want to highlight for that not self, it's also honoring it, like honoring the reason for why it's showing up and not like pushing it to the side, especially for um, manifestors and manifesting generators where anger is the not self that, you know, anger is something that is not uh, discussed uh, often in our communities, in growing up, in what is this, how, what does it mean, how do I process it? So I always like to focus on one, how does that come up for that individual with the energy type? And two, what are resourceful ways to honor that energy and making sure it's getting processed through and not just stagnant in the body and just continuing to kind of rear its head. Um, um, so, not so not something, something super, super useful, useful but, but also knowing like there, like could, there be could be some digging, digging there, there if, if it's, it's a pattern, pattern that's, that's pretty strong. strong. Sure. Noticing, yeah. um, you know, kind of what triggers it for you. You're probably not done mm-hmm. that or, you know, just mm-hmm. realizing those things and then knowing to make better decisions, you know, through the next time. Um, exactly. Yeah. And not prolonging things too. If you're in a scenario or a situation <laughs> where that you're not self is that constant feeling like realizing, all right, we need to pivot here. This isn't normal. Um, yes. And I think a lot of times we just, we stick with normal for so long because it feels safe maybe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think I've totally been there before. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Frustration is um very common for, for generators and sure. it, it, it can just be a really useful tool. And on the flip side of that satisfaction is mm-hmm. the signature is the on track. Like that is that sense is of a job well strategy done. the same Is that go hand in hand. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask so, you about strategy. Great. Uh, it's definitely an important part. Um, so with strategy, also waiting, but waiting for an invitation or recognition. Um, So with those, this can really trip people up when they first hear about their strategy, because they're like, most people, it's going to be some form of waiting, Mm -hmm. uh, unless you're a manifester, which is only about 10% of the population. And they can inform, they can initiate like, oh, okay. So they're fun to talk to. But for the rest of us, it's like, I have to wait to act? What? No, that's not how I operate. Um, So this is actually where I spend a lot of time with clients is talking about their strategy. And then we also put in their authority as well. Like yours is an emotional authority. Um, But with their strategy, the, for generators, I'll just kind of dig in there since we both are generators. So the waiting to respond It is all about your body. It is all about your sacral and connecting to your sacral response. And when your sacral is lit up, you will have a, uh uh-huh, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Like you have these visceral noises, like guttural noises that come out of you. That is how you are communicating. Um, now it can be a little different flavor depending on things in your chart and what that looks like. But for most people, when their sacral is lit up and you are present in the moment, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, like it's not a yes or no, that's already like back into your mind. You've already taken a second to process to then say yes versus uh-huh, 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 
uh-uh, uh-uh. So that's a key difference for that sacral. Um, so getting back, I'm kind of going both ways here for the strategy and authority. But for the strategy, waiting to respond, it's tapping into that sacral for your sacral to have something to respond to. So when it has something to respond to, that's when you, it's easier to live in alignment because you can just tap into that sacral to know, okay, is this a yes? Is this a no? But it's in your body. Um, a lot of times for those who have a, de, um, a defined sacral, whether you're a generator or a manifesting generator, um, body language can be a really strong cue for those around you as well. Like you, you can kind of have people start to observe you who you see and you, you trust. Um, like I get very expansive, my arms get wide or I like get shut off and I like turn away. Like I'm protecting my sacral, you know, it's like, Oh, no, nah, not for me. I make a ton of facial expressions. I nod my head a lot. So those can also be indicators of, is this correct for me? Is this not correct for me? Um, but the key here for this waiting piece that I, I talk a lot about with people is it's external. You are literally responding to things outside of you. And what that means is it's outside of your head. Hmm. It's not your thoughts. It's not your ideas. It's not negative self-talk. It's, it's nothing internal. You're not responding to internal thoughts. You're responding to your outer reality. And that can trip people up because then they think, well, what, I'm just supposed to sit here and wait for something to show up? And so the beauty in that, especially for generators, we are here to be lit up. We are here to be living in our joy having fun, raising the vibration of the world. So in those moments when a generator is not feeling like they have something to respond to, go have fun, go do something you enjoy, turn on some music, start cooking, go for a walk outside, call a friend, any, anything that color, paint, draw, whatever that looks like. Um, and that'll start to get kind of your energy flowing again. And right now, like you are responding to what I'm saying. So it's a very in the moment. It's not this big, whoa, I really felt that in my sacral. Like, oh my gosh, it's just all the time inputs coming. And as you tap in more and more to your sacral, the stronger and easier it becomes to really know like, uh-huh, yeah, that, I want that. I want more of that. Like, yes, please. Versus a, mm, no, no, that's, that's not for me. Um, that's a, just one example for waiting to respond and really what that looks like, uh, as a generator. Yeah. You totally answered like three of the questions I was going to ask you <laughs> and giving examples of kind of how you can, um, tap into that a little bit more or be more aware yeah. of it, you know, especially if it's your first time kind of like trying to listen yes. to your body and observe yourself, which can be kind of weird. Um, Absolutely. but yeah, just that advice, like you said, if you are, you know, maybe a generator and you're yep. responding, going and doing something that lights you up, you're saying is kind of yes. the idea to, so that you can kind of feel what that feels like. And then what mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like too, and kind of notice that. Yes. Yes. Right. And generators in particular, like you mentioned this a couple of times with like the shoulds, well, should I be doing that? Should I do that? Oh, well, I should help them. 
oh, generators, we, we need boundaries that like, we often have like clogged auras. We have obligations that we've taken on that were not aligned, that our sacral was not a yes, 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 more, 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 let's go. But because we can do these things, because we are the doers, we have life force energy, we often do say yes to people and commitments because it's so easy to be in our mind to go, oh yeah, I can do that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll do that faster and easier than you. Sure, put it on my plate. Well, do we want to live that way? Is that how we want to be processing our decisions? Or do we want to be living in alignment with, doing things that we really enjoy Mm -hmm. Um, because no matter what the task is, there is somebody who can find joy in those things. And that's okay if it's not you, but as a generator, those shoulds and obligations can really block um, having those things you really want to respond to in life, start to show up in your outer reality. Yeah. When you just said that I had like a little bit of like a gut ping, right. When you said that it reminded me of a quote and I don't, I don't think it's an official quote or anything, but when you had said, just because it's not something that, you know, you enjoy, doesn't mean that somebody else isn't going to, you know, enjoy that or find that, you know, aligned for them. And for me, it totally brought up this quote that I've loved. And it's like, if it's not aligned for you and you're still pursuing it, the other people that are now involved too, it's also not aligned for them. So not only are you holding yourself back from what you should Mm -hmm. be aligned in, but you're also holding back other people, you know, that are involved as well for better options. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, And I just love that thought process in general and how big of a shift can be made by just that one decision where you are starting to be in more alignment and how it kind of ripple effects to whoever else is involved. Exactly. Yes. So kind of as we're like coming closer to the end of this, I want to hear from you, you know, what are some of the things that you've heard from other people from past clients, recent clients, what do they usually say when you're done, like reading their entire chart? Cause obviously we've just touched the very surface of human design. And, um, I'm curious what kind of, what happens for people when they're, when they're done working with you? Yeah, it's it's so fun. It is just so fun um, to go through the whole process with people. Um, the first, like the first phase of it is a lot of resonance, like a lot of just connecting. And I often hear as I'm explaining certain things, I'll say, that's exactly what I do. Or I say that exact phrase. So there's just a lot of connection in multiple aspects of the chart, which then really lends to have that individual really open up and try things in a new way because there's something, something they're connecting with. There's something about, you know, the chart that they're intrigued by. And they usually come to me because they're wanting a change. They're wanting something to shift, like something is not aligned or something is blocking them. Um, And human design has come in their path one way or another. Um, So it's amazing to me how quickly I can see people make changes. Like just talking about strategy and authority, like that can be tough. Like I, I mean, I've been really experimenting with my design. I would say the past two years, pretty solidly. And like, I'm just starting to feel like, okay, okay. Sacral. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm seeing where things are, but it takes time. And it's amazing to me working with people for them, especially in business, 
well, they will have had previous barriers and now they go, oh no, I have clarity on that now. Oh, I know, I know I was just trying to live up to this other person or I was trying to do it this way that I've been seeing before, but now I know this is how I operate and this is how my energy is. So I'm good. Like I, I'm going to, I'm going to try this now. Um, so that's been really fun just to kind of see, to me, it feels like a 180. just, wow. You, right. Yeah. Okay. It clicked. It made sense for you. Um, and when people are ready for that change, I th just think human design is a lovely tool to show a different way to do things. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, um, I'm taking on some one-to-one -one mentoring clients this year in two different capacities, but I already have planned like right away introduction, human design. We are going to get cool. everybody set up to get that information. I'll be talking to you, of course, <laughs> more about okay, that, great. but I just think <laughs> how important it is to make yeah. the, make that move right away before you start, mm -hmm. you know, maybe pursuing something, an idea, even that you're you yeah. think you're excited about, but are you really like, have you really considered mm -hmm. how you're reacting to things and just really talking through that before yeah. taking like really big leaps and spending a lot of time on something that maybe isn't aligned. So I will definitely be talking to you more about that, but I love that you mentioned that right. it can provide clarity in, you know, that in those aspects, it's, it's so huge. Um, yes. that being said, I want to hear mm -hmm. a little bit about your journey to entrepreneurship. Sure. What did you do before this? I mean, I kind of know, but tell the listeners, you know, what did you do before yeah. this, before you decided to pursue human design? Um, sure. Why entrepreneurship for you? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try to be streamlined for the, the road that has been the kind of this whole journey. Um, but I am a registered dietitian and a clinical exercise specialist. So um, that, gosh, I've had both of those credentials for at least a decade. Um, so that's what I did in, in grad school. And then from there, I've really been in like preventive functional medicine, preventive wellness, more kind of holistic care, um, you know, helping people. I always wanted to be in the health space for people to stay healthy versus in a disease model. That was never, never an avenue I wanted to go down in healthcare. Um, and I had some really amazing experiences over the last decade of a couple of places I've been able to work in those experiences um, with a lot of different like blood work and genetics and microbiome, just really cool stuff. Got to look at all that data. And then I coached people on making those lifestyle changes. Um, so I was very much a coach uh, in that health and wellness space in a variety of aspects uh, and environments. And to be honest, I got to a point where I felt like there was just something missing in my coaching. Like, you know, I was helping people, labs would be better, but you know, they still just, they weren't getting to those big goals, those big life changes or attitude shifts or those sort of things. And I kind of felt restricted in the environments I was in. They were very open and it was, uh, you know, I had a lot of room to play as a coach and a dietitian, but there would always be something that I'm like, oh, I can't really go that far. Like, oh, this isn't really the model we're using. Um, so then right around when, you know, March of 2020, when everything was starting to shut down, um, I had heard about human design a few times throughout the years, but then I really heard about it then um, through a dear friend mentioning a podcast and I started listening to all sorts of episodes from um, this lady that I ended up taking her um, 
coaching human design course from, and I just kind of dove in. I was like, you know what? Like I was on unemployment at the time. Everything was shutting down. I was in healthcare. I'm like, I don't think things are going to be coming back anytime soon. So yeah, this could be a really great investment. Sure. If not now, then when, you know? Yeah, exactly. My my experience too. Oh, great. Yeah. And so that it's been the last two years. Um, I also did the Dame MBA uh, right along that time frame too. Um, and I really, you know, entrepreneurship, it's something that, I mean, I'm still learning every day, kind of what does this entail? What's going on? But I really want the flexibility of schedule. I just, I really want that. And I want to be able to not have a cap on what my income is and like what my impact can be. Um, And I just was starting to feel that being in the healthcare spaces that I was in. Um, But those are the two main reasons why I'm like, you know what, I'm going to give this a whirl. And it came at a time when, I mean, honestly, employment wasn't really there and wasn't going to be. So the timing was I hate to say perfect uh, in just kind of our world in that moment. Like that's a tough, tough time for everyone, but it came, I just really like leaned in and said, I'm not going to have an opportunity like this again. So like, let's see what happens. Yeah. I love that. Very similar um, journey to yours. So I can totally relate and all of the mixed feelings, but there's so much beauty in it too, you know? So very cool. Um, before we completely head out, I want to ask you one last question. What advice would you give to someone who is right now considering starting something of their own? Yeah. You know, I think you mentioned it before with you starting to have one-on-one clients and like having, taking that space to really, no matter what your human design is, I mean, yes, human design can really help you here, no matter what it is man, taking some breath, some time for yourself and really honing in on what do you enjoy doing? How do you want to impact? How do you want to serve? You know, what does that look like with no barriers, no logistics, like just sit in that because I don't think we give ourselves any time, you know, usually when we're going into entrepreneurship, it's like, well, I need to make money and I need to have this And if you can flip that to what can you give, how can you serve, um, you know, what do you have to offer and having that be an exchange versus this like need for X, Y, and Z, I think is a really good test for somebody coming into this space to know, like, is this really, am I really going to stay here? Is this really like the path I want to go down? Wow. Yeah. So true pursuing a passion rather than instantly looking for that profit right away. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And that's like long-term happiness, I think for Mm -hmm. not only for your clients, but also for you as a whole and who wants to jump into business if you're not, you know, in it for the (laughs) long-term. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there, there are types in human design where experimentation is like a real core theme. So, Hey, you may want to try something. Okay, cool. But you know, if there's other priorities that uh, are more important to you, then yeah, you definitely want to investigate before jumping in and doing all of that. Very cool. Yeah. So of course I have the information, but I'm going to have it come from you. Can you tell anybody who might be interested in human design and getting their chart read by you, getting advice from you, how they should contact you? 
Yeah, right now the best way is actually through Instagram. So you can find me at I am designed for more. Um, and then just DM me, like just reach out, DM me, comment on something and like we can connect. Um, I do have a website with my offerings on there, but just DM me first so we can see kind of, you know, what would work best and what you're really looking for. Um, Cause I really tailor my coaching packages to, um, you know, if somebody really wants to dive into their business or like a family or partnership one, so we can just talk that through before um, you're making any purchases. Um, and then, you know, you can DM me if there's other, you know, if you want other resources or whatnot, there's a plethora out there of human design. So I always enjoy giving people additional resources too, if they're wanting to do some investigation on their own. Of course. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I know you and I have had um, some fun conversations in the DMS and it's one of my favorite yeah. places to hang out too. So I will absolutely link that in the show notes so that it's easy access for people to click on. And I just appreciate your time so much and your brain so much. <laughs> so thank you for being here. Yes. Thank you for having me. Did you relate to this episode or feel an idea or two spark for utilizing on your business journey? If so, please take a moment to leave a five-star review. Your feedback and kind words will fuel the free content and conversations produced here. You can find me over on the gram at Paper and Pleather for easy-to-digest tips, how-tos, and of course, pretty photos. I'd love to hear what your purpose is and how you plan to make it profitable. I truly love to connect with you, but be sure to hit subscribe here before you go.